Mount Carmel Bible College and Theological Seminary located in New York. My name is Bishop Dr. Wayne Spence. For prayer requests or questions, please text us at 516-757-9274. Or you may email us at Bible one at gmail.com. To visit us on our website, please go to mtcarmelfullgospel.net forward slash Bible College. You may also join us on Zoom every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time for prayer and Bible study, Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Sunday school and 11.30 a.m. for our virtual worship service. Also, please follow us on Spotify Podcasts and Google Podcasts by typing in Mount Carmel Bible College Podcast. Please download the Spotify and the Google Podcast to your tablets, your desktop, or your phone. Beloved, because we have been dealing with the book of Revelation, and we have gone through chapters 1 through 5, and we are approaching chapter 6, and we have dealt with Daniel chapter 7, chapters 9, and chapters 12, which you can find on our podcast. We want to take a little bit of time out to deal with the rapture of the church. Why? Because there has been a lot of questions concerning the rapture because there has been some confusion as to what the rapture really is and because the Bible does not specifically call the evacuation of the church the rapture. A lot of folks have a little complication, I believe, in believing or understanding what the scripture says. And so I've been answering questions now for a little while as it relates to the rapture. And I believe we need to get an understanding of what the rapture of the church really is. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 10, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And he shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that he be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdoms against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrow. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and he shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Verse 11 says, And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because of iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Verse 14 of Matthew 24 says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness 
unto all nations, and then shall the end come. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. The Bible says that the Apostle Paul now writes a letter to the Thessalonian church and begins by saying in verse 13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that he sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Verse 18 says, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Beloveds, I want to address this today so that we get an understanding of what we call the rapture, what the evacuation of the church before the tribulation period really begins. Only a third of believers today believe in the rapture of the church or the evacuation of the born-again believers. Why is that? Because most of the ministers since Jesus has left here, do not understand it. Because of all the false doctrine that has been propagated by false teachers, by those that God never ordained and sent as evangelists, and they're preaching false doctrine and telling folks the wrong things and not showing them the scripture, have caused more than 66% of people today who say that they are Christians who still do not believe in the evacuation or the rapture of the church. I believe there is an explanation that is needed for those that are going to listen to the podcast and those that are sitting in the congregation need to know that there are no signs for the rapture. There are no signs for the evacuation of the church. And we know that we're seeing all of this calamity and all these things that are going on. We, we hear of wars and we hear of the rumors of wars being started and we see the pestilence and we see all the things that are going on with COVID and with herpes and AIDS and all these things. These things is pointing to the second coming of Jesus. We, we all have been looking for the second coming. Nobody is looking for that great evacuation where we're going to meet the Lord in the air. There are some believers today who believe that Matthew 24 and 14, which says, The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. And so we have said, since there are so many who have not heard about the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, then Jesus can come, which we seems to feel is a license for us to continue in the lifestyle that we're going. I believe, though, that there are some of us who are looking at these signs and having a misunderstanding of what the rapture really is. But I want you to keep in mind that the rapture of the church of our Lord Jesus Christ is a signless as well as a timeless event. Let's take a look at the reason why. What relationships are there between the rapture and any prophetic signs? 
we will absolutely find none in the scripture. The rapture then is simply an evacuation of believers before the great judgment of the tribulation hour. The rapture is a meeting in the heavens and not Christ's return to the earth. Since his first coming, beloveds, was to the earth through the immaculate conception, his second coming must also be to the earth. The rapture then is not coming to the earth, but a meeting in the clouds. If we believe one part of the Bible, we must believe all of the Bible. And because of this, we see 1 Thessalonians 4.17. Then which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is the rapture. This is the evacuation. Seven years later, the return of Jesus Christ and all the signs of today are pointing to his second coming, not to the rapture. The 70th week of Daniel in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. The word of God said, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. In the 25th verse of Daniel 9, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandments to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks and three scores and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. Verse 26, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolation are determined. Verse 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. If we compare the signs that are in Matthew chapter 24, Mark chapter 13, and Luke chapter 17, and Luke chapter 21, with the book of Revelation, we will find that these chapters in these books are identical. The church of our Lord Jesus Christ is raptured. Or we can say evacuated in Revelation 4 and 1 when he said, come up hither. And the believers who are represented by the 24 elders in verse 10 and 11 before the signs and the judgment of the tribulation hour begins in chapter 6 through 18. There are no signs and the believers are represented by the 24 elders in verses 10 and 11. They are placing their crowns at our Savior's feet before the signs and judgment of the tribulation hour begins in chapters 6 through 18. There are no signs given for the rapture of the church. All the signs we're seeing today, the earthquakes, the famines, the pestilence, 
even COVID, AIDS, and all the acclimate weather patterns that we're experiencing with the murder rate going up are only the beginning of birth pains. Pointing to the return of Jesus Christ's second coming, but not pointing to the rapture. What this simply means is that because we're seeing all these signs pointing to the second coming, the church needs to get ready to be evacuated. According to Matthew 24 and 7, for nations shall rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. Verse 8 said, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Keeping in mind, beloveds, the church must be gone for seven years to the day before his second coming. I believe that most of us are fooling ourselves. We see different things without realizing these signs are now more frequent, meaning the rapture is more imminent than ever before. Because the signs are more frequent means that his coming back is now more imminent. And the problem we're having is that we're looking for the signs thinking it points to the rapture. No, it points to the second coming and we have to be gone seven years before he comes back. Because we do come with him when he comes back. Speaking of the saints, that is. Since the signs point to Christ's return to the earth, and since we, the church, return with him, then it is logical for us to say that all signs point to our return also with him. As we sit here today on this podcast, we see the signs already cast in their shadows in Romans chapter 8 and 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. In Romans chapter 8, 23, the Bible says, And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. They are all beginning to be fulfilled. These signs are beginning to fulfill. And so the word of God states this, 1 Thessalonians 4.13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that he sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. God does not want us to be ignorant about the rapture. And so he says in 1 Thessalonians 4.18, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. How can we comfort each other in something we know absolutely nothing about? We cannot. That is why God says concerning the rapture, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. And so as we look at the rapture of the church, we need to be careful to distinguish between the rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ. Some think they are the same, but beloveds, they are not the same. The rapture, this is where Christ will descend to a point in the air and will call his children, the church, to meet him in the air. During the rapture, he does not set foot on the earth. The second coming of the Lord, here the Lord will literally come all the way back to this earth and his feet will touch this earth, and all eyes will see him, and every knee will bow to him, but the rapture, the saints meet him in the air. There are two different events, beloved. 
Don't let nobody fool you. In fact, they're separated by seven-year period, known as the tribulation period. So when we look and we ask the question, when everybody is reaching out and texting and emailing and calling and saying, Bishop, then what is the rapture? Let's look at some general things about the rapture of the church. We need to consider the definition of the rapture. Someone said the rapture is a state of being transported from one place to another. And that is a good spiritual definition. But 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 15 through 18 says this. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We need to consider who will be transported from one place to another in the rapture. The rapture will affect two groups of people. Who are they? The resurrection of the dead in Christ. When Jesus Christ comes for the church. When the church is evacuated, the Bible tells us that the dead in Christ shall rise first. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 51 and 52. Behold, I show you mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. For the trump shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Notice Paul said, I show you a mystery. I do not know, Paul said, how it's going to happen. Nor does anyone else know how it's going to happen. All we know is that one day Christ is going to come and evacuate the church. And the Bible says that all those who have died in Christ will be taken up and given a glorified body along with all of those of us that are alive and remain. If as a child of God who is listening to this podcast, you die before the Lord raptures the church, you will be a part of that group that will be resurrected from amongst the dead. But if you're living like we are living today, when Christ comes back and you are a child of God, remember, you must be born again. You will experience that transformation in the twinkling of an eye. The transporting of the living, looking at the last part of 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52, that speaks of the living we read, and we shall be changed. How will we be changed? Notice two things. We shall be changed from mortal to immortality. A transformation will take place, and these mortal bodies will become glorified bodies. According to 1 Corinthians 15 and 53, we read this. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. This is not speaking of the second coming after the tribulation period. This is speaking to the evacuation, the rapture of the church. How fast? Will this change me? Will it be instant or will it take time? In verse 52 of 1 Corinthians 15, it says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. This then sounds to me more like it's 11 hundred of a second. A blink. We have looked at what the rapture is. But let us look 
at who will participate in the rapture, because everybody isn't going to participate in the rapture. When we think of the rapture, we have to understand that there will be many participants, including in the rapture. For example, the Lord is going to participate. First Thessalonians 4.16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. One of these days, God the Father is going to say to his beloved son, go and get them. Go and get get all the church folks that have been born again. Get all those that are in the body of Christ. We will become participant in the rapture. Look out for it, beloved. The dead in Christ shall participate also. These are those who died, having placed their faith and given Jesus Christ their life and invite him into their hearts, those that died in the Lord. The Bible said the dead in Christ shall rise first. First Thessalonians 4.16 For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. There are two things we need to consider about those who have died in the Lord. Some teach that when a believer dies in the Lord, they go into a deep sleep, which is called soul sleep. That's a lie. What they fail to realize is that man is triune. He consists of body, soul, and spirit. And when a man dies, his soul and spirit man separate from his body. The Bible does not teach soul sleep, but it does teach that this body will return to the dust, to the earth, to await the resurrection and remain in that state until the Lord comes back to rapture all those who have died in Christ. But the soul and the spirit man goes to be with the Lord. The Bible teaches that when a believer dies, he goes to be with the Lord. How absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Where have the soul and the spirit of the believer gone? God wants us to know in 2 Corinthians 5, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Paul said we can be confident that when we, as a child of God, leave this place, we go to be with the Lord. So I wanted to clear up the confusion that we have been having about what the rapture is. And beloved, I want you to prepare yourself to leave here because we're not preparing ourselves to leave here. I always make the the example of how the flood was going to come in Noah's time and the flood does represent tribulation because the flood was global and how God instructed Noah to build the ark and how Noah got into the ark on that day and how God closed the door. And the moment that God closed the door, beloveds, the rain began to fall. It could not fall until Noah got inside that ark. Remind me also of Lot. The fire did not fall on Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding plain until Lot was pulled out like the church is pulled out. The tribulation cannot begin until the church leaves. It is when the church leaves and the Holy Ghost leaves with the church to present the bride of Christ to him. That's when the tribulation, that's when the son of perdition is revealed. Beloveds, I want you to take note. Don't let God send his son for the church and you're found in a denomination or in a religious order or sit there questioning, is this real? Is that real? I want you to turn your Bibles and I want you to look at 
all of the scriptures that relate to the evacuation of the church. And I pray that you'll share this with somebody, someone who needs to know, someone who needs to know that this is real. Now, I want to make sure you understand the second coming is coming. Jesus is coming. But I want to go in the evacuation. I want to go in the rapture. I want to meet him in the air. I want to be gone before all this happens. We're so concerned about who is going to take the mark and who isn't going to take the mark and I'm not going to take the mark and they're going to have to take my head. I want to go with Jesus when he calls for the church. When he said, come up here, I want to go. Beloved, prepare yourself to go. If you're not saved, if you're not born again, if you don't know how, I want you to know Romans chapter 10 and 9 and verse 10. For if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There is a whole lot of denominations, there's a whole lot of churches today who have not instructed their congregants how to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. They have not told them. We, we got stuck at Acts chapter 2 and 38. We, we got stuck at, at Romans chapter 6. We, we, don't, we don't take them into John 3, 16. They're, they're still debating if Jesus is the, the Son of God or they, they're still believing that God became the Son and the Son became the Holy Ghost and they, they, I mean, there is so much confusion. They, they, this, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded so many of the minds of them that do not believe. Do not be one of those. Step out. Seek God while he may be found. Ask him to show you. Ask him to open your eyes. Ask him to open your mind. Ask him for understanding. Beloveds, if you have questions and you really want to know, you can call me, text me at 516-757-9274 or just email me. Just pick up, just go on your computer. Get on your phone. Text me. Email me, Mount Carmel, M-O-U-N-T-C-A-R-M-E-L, Bible College 1 at gmail.com. And say, Bishop, I'm trying to get an understanding. Don't let this moment pass you by. It will be too late. Don't let it be said too late. I want everybody to make it. God don't wish anybody to perish, but everybody to come to the knowledge of truth. God bless you. Heaven smile upon you. And may the peace of God be with you.